Good evening and welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And tonight our topic is traumatic incident reduction, or TIR, and our guest is Marion Volkman, president of the Traumatic Incident Reduction Association. She's also a TIR trainer and practitioner and has been involved with the therapy since its beginning in the mid-1980s. She's also an author and editor of books on the subject. Good evening, Marion. How do you do? So let's begin with the simple question, what is TIR? Traumatic incident reduction is a very simple, straightforward method of allowing a person to work through the residual traumatic stress from any kind of trauma and come out the other side to the point where they just don't have any trauma stored up on that event anymore. I was going to say, I've heard that you use the term viewer uh, in this situation instead of client or patient. Yeah, well, we kind of use client and viewer interchangeably. Dr. Garbodi, who is the originator of traumatic incident reduction, is even though he's a medical doctor himself and a psychiatrist, he actually doesn't like the medical model. He thinks that it's... Um, kind of pathologizes people and it's he doesn't think it really serves the purpose so rather than talk about somebody as a patient meaning that they're sick or talking about them as talking about the work as like counseling which means advising or therapy which means you know treating someone who there's something wrong with it's starting from the point of view that inside the person is the knowledge that they need and that in traumatic incident reduction and the other techniques that he's developed, it draws the knowledge out of the person and allows the person to view the experience they've had and come to their own conclusion. What does the TIR session feel like, or how does it function? Well, one big difference between this work and traditional therapy is that it's not time-limited. In other words, we don't start with a 50-minute hour and say, you know, time's up. We set it up usually with a couple of hours available or as much time as we need to, and it allows the person to completely finish one traumatic thing before leaving it. So that's one big difference. The other thing is that it's person-centered, so it's never going to be the TIR practitioner telling the person, oh, you're wrong about that, or see, here's what you need to figure out about this, or anything like that. It's the really the viewer, the client, who's doing all the import, important work in the session. And by doing that, they reach their own conclusions, and they come out the other side feeling triumphant that they have mastered this thing. I understand that TIR uses uh, kind of a process of watching a videotape of the traumatic event uh, and the experience. Yeah, we use that analogy in explaining it to people because we want them to be able to take it to the beginning and hit the pause button and tell us what they perceive right at the beginning, and then roll the tape, go through it. But we actually don't want them to just sit back and look at it. We want them to re-experience it the best they can to the end. And then they get to tell us what happened as they went through it. How long are most TIR sessions? You mentioned that you gave it as much time as necessary. Average, I would say, is one and a half to two hours. That's pretty much average. And often you can do one in a, within a, one hour. Often you can, but you need to allow as much time as necessary so you don't leave somebody hung up in the middle of something. Is there an average of how many sessions it takes to resolve a traumatic event? Well, this might sound unbelievable, but generally 
one session. That's wonderful. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> now, sometimes you have what we could call a complex trauma, like something really bad happened, and there are a number of, of threads that run through it. You know, like there might be pain, injury, betrayal, strong emotion of one kind or another. And sometimes we go through the incident to the point where the person has feels like they've really got it to a much better place, but it isn't completely resolved. And then we can take it apart and list out all the separate components and address those separately. So sometimes it does take more than one session. But I've seen some pretty phenomenal things resolve in the course of one session. So that's one reason why I'm really fired up about this. Obviously, when I start uh, talking with people about a traumatic incident, the first thing that jumps to my mind is post-traumatic stress disorder. Is TIR good for PTSD? Yes, it's very good. The, the thing is that you have to have a client who is resilient enough to be able to do TIR. It takes a fair amount of strength on their part, horsepower, if you will. So sometimes clients come in and they're too fragile to face up to the rigors of TIR. So in, in those cases, we have other techniques we can use to build them up build up their ego strength, you might say, so that they're ready eventually to really face the traumas themselves. But I'm glad you brought up the the question of PTSD because there are lots and lots of people who do not qualify for a diagnosis of PTSD. They might be missing, you know, they instead of 13, I forget how many symptoms are you supposed to have. Do you happen to remember? Not off the top of my head. I don't either, but let's say it's 13, all right? So they only maybe have 11, okay? They only have 11 symptoms of PTSD. So the insurance company wouldn't say, oh, yes, you poor thing, you have PTSD. But the person is still strongly affected by the Results of that, yeah, by the experience, exactly. So we don't really diagnose within the context of TIR. We don't diagnose, but certainly, you know, we've had very good results with PTSD, and that gets a lot of people excited because it's so much in the news these days. Absolutely. Obviously, you don't have to have PTSD to benefit from TIR, though, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's the important point I wanted to make. I didn't. I actually had a client one time, and. He was told by his therapist, oh, here's what's wrong with you, you have PTSD. And he said, oh, I thought only uh, war veterans could have that. <laughs> no, actually, he had, he had had a very severe childhood, very severe childhood experiences, and he certainly had PTSD, but he didn't, he sort of ruled himself out of that category because he wasn't a war veteran. And obviously, there's different kinds of wars. Well, that absolutely is true, the personal kind and the... Out on the battlefield, kind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it good for you know, other types of phobias and anxiety and then panic attacks and those kind of things? Yep, it is. Um, really, any kind of trauma you could imagine. And again, as since we're looking at it from a person-centered point of view, it's the client who comes up with what the trauma is. You know, sometimes people are very resilient, and something that most of us would experience as traumatic, some people don't actually. So we don't say, ah, you must do TIR on this thing, you know. And by the same token, there are people who are traumatized by things that most people would be able to handle, but still it bothers them a lot. So we can handle that too. Hmm? It's in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. How does uh, TIR compare with other techniques uh, to deal with PTSD? Has there been any research? Or- there has been some. My darling spouse put, down a, put together a book called uh, TIR Research and Results, 
and we've got a couple more studies that are going to be coming along that will considerably expand that book. So, yeah, there have been some studies. I would say the main thing that I see as different between TIR and other methods is it's very focused on what the client's going to be looking at. You don't just throw them into a big sea of traumas and let them thrash around in there. You get things kind of set up so that you know what are we dealing with here. And then you just take one piece at a time and actually keep the person's focus on that piece until it's actually done before moving on. So that's a big difference. The other big difference that I see is that we're really clear on wanting to get to an end point. And that's the point where the person feels like this is resolved. I got where I needed to get to on this. I'm complete. And we want that within one session, at least for the piece we're working on in that session. So we end each session on an end point rather than just a time limitation or any other consideration. When was TIR actually created? It was the mid-80s, as you mentioned in the introduction. I met Dr. Gerbodi, actually. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was before he wrote his book on the subject. And uh, he'd been doing a lot of thinking and trying things out for a while before he was ready to write his book. But I think it was, yeah, mid, early to mid-80s. And what is the process really based on? Did Dr. Gabodi have some techniques? You know, he's taking a little from column A and column B to... Yeah, he, he, yeah he studied philosophy at Cambridge, and he really is a philosopher. I mean, we, we tease him about it because he really is a philosophical guy. If you were to read his book, you would see he's quite a weighty tome, and he put a lot of thought into it. He's a very careful, brilliant thinker. And then he, he actually, he went through his whole training as a doctor and as a psychiatrist because he wanted to help people and that when he came out the end of his training he was really disappointed with what he'd been given to help people he said this is not good enough this is not it so he went off on his own and did a lot of reading and studying and studied with different people and traveled around and gave it a lot of thought so that's how he evolved it Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Is the Defense Department using TIR yet for our returning veterans? Oh, gosh, we have really been trying to get that across. As far as I know, maybe in a few little places, but not in any big way. I would love to find a way to just show them what we could do, because I'm convinced it's probably a lot more effective than most of the things they're using. And that's not to knock any other method. I mean, anything that works is good. I have no quarrel with anything that works. It's just, you know, how much time do we have? And also, we want to be respectful of people. We don't want to treat them in ways that are disrespecting them or that are really rough on them and not getting the job done. We want to get the job done and do the best we can for these people so that they can go forward and have a good life. And obviously, the key is to get them something that works, whatever happens to be the therapy that they need. Absolutely. Just this past week, we shipped out some copies of Unbreak Your Health 
as part of the Books for Boots program. Oh, great. That's in the Syracuse Veterans Administration Hospital. So uh, hopefully they'll read the chapter on TIR and we'll get a little uh, progress that way. Yeah, well, thanks. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we'll take all the help we can get, I'll tell you. Is there any type of person who shouldn't use TIR? If somebody's actively in the middle of an addiction, if they're drinking heavily or they're taking some kind of drug or they've even got a gambling addiction or something like that, I would prefer to see them manage to get off that at least for a while before trying to do work on it with TIR. Because if a person's in the middle of an addiction, so many problems are generated by that that it makes it very difficult. Plus, some kind of substance could make it difficult for the person to focus on a trauma. You know what I mean? So that's one. Somebody who doesn't really want to be there, but somebody told them they should, it doesn't actually work unless the person's fully there as a participant. You know, it takes, it's the client who does the important work in the session, not the practitioner. So we really need the person there on their own, on their own hook saying, yes, I want to do this. So that's one important thing. And another thing is like if a person has um, the kind of mental disorder that keeps them from being able to focus and be, being able to go through an incident from beginning to end and track with it, that this wouldn't be a good match because we're really asking them to do that to get the good result. They have to participate in the process, obviously. Yeah, that's the truth. TIR is, is used not only in America, but actually all over the world, isn't it? Yep, all over the world. It's really exciting. We've got more people, trainers in training right now than we've ever had before, and in uh, more countries, so it's, it is really exciting. Speaking of training, how do people become TIR practitioners? Well, they can take the first intensive four-day course, and they can actually do TIR. I always tell people, if you want to get good at this, take all three of the TIR and what we call life stress reduction related workshops because at the end of that you've got an, a great arsenal of tools to work with. If a person's not ready for TIR, you've got other things you can do. And there are other issues in life than trauma. You know, maybe the person's having relationship difficulties or they have low self-esteem and it doesn't seem to be related to a trauma that they can dredge up. There are other ways of coming at those things. There's a technique called unblocking that's brilliant for like low self-esteem and things like that. So that's how they would do it. They would just take these uh, four-day workshops and then ideally get some supervision and do some practicing with supervision and get really good at it. And they can actually be certified by the TIR Association as well by us, in which case they get more recognition on the website and referrals and things like that. Is continuing education credit available for professionals who want to train in TIR? Yes, actually, the American Psychological Association rec recognizes it for continuing education for psychologists. The National Association of Social Workers does for social workers. And there's also an organization called ACE, Approved Continuing Education, which is has to do with social workers all over North America, Canada, and the U.S., and it's funny because each state has their own rules. Some recognize NASW and some recognize ACE, and there's all different ways of doing it. But we have both of those. We have the Canadian Counseling Association, and we're looking at other countries, what we can, you know, what we can establish in other countries too. Which leads me right into my next question, which is uh, what state regulations uh, regard the practice of TIR? Well, yeah, that's a 
I would say most of the people that I train are mental health professionals. They already have some kind of licensure and, you know, they're, so they're already bound by whatever professional organization they belong to, whatever the rules are and all that, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that Dr. Gabodi was absolutely adamant about, and I think it was a really good idea, is that we can train people who do not have a mental health background because it's not something that's just kind of open-ended and a lot left up to the judgment of the practitioner. I mean, obviously, the practitioner has to be there and paying attention, and there are some judgment calls, but it's not judgment about the person. It's judgment about how is this working and what do we need to do next. So there are people who don't have any mental health background who are using traumatic incident reduction. I always urge those people to really do an internship, get lots of supervision, and get really proficient at it, at it, you know, to be successful out in the world there with it. But it's, we've had people with without a mental health background do a really brilliant job of being a TIR facilitator. Do you have any idea how many TIR practitioners there are in the U.S. right now? I have no idea, but there's there's a fair number. The thing is we need a lot more, really, really a lot more. So that's why we're excited to have more trainers getting trained so that we can get it out there more. And obviously anyone interested in finding a practitioner can go to your organization's website at www.tir.org, right? Yeah, that's right. And they could look at the list of trainers and look at the training calendar to see if they can find a a training near them. Or some of the trainers travel and would go to another area if there are enough people there interested in having a workshop. And I have heard that you have an international symposium for TIR practitioners coming up very quickly. Yep, we do. Yeah. Well, Well, it's in it's in Vancouver this year, Canada. Next year, it's in Cambridge, England. Basically, two days of talking shop, and it's just tremendous fun for people who are interested in this. We have a few speakers to kind of start off the conversation on speaking on various topics that they are particularly expert in. And then we have a lot of discussion. There's a lot of brainstorming, and people bring up really interesting cases or problems they've had. And it's a unique experience because I don't know any other subject where if you're practically brand new to the subject, you can go to a symposium and talk to all the the top people who've been doing it for 20-plus years, including the, the... developer of the subject and just sit around a table and ask questions and and share experiences and stuff it's just brilliant anything you'd like to add about TIR yes there's one important thing sometimes people think oh wouldn't it be hard to go back through and re-experience something terrible that happened to me and I always tell them actually it's easier to do that than to just try and hold it off for the whole rest of your life Yes, ma'am. I understand that point. Absolutely, okay. because people don't—they uh, think carrying the baggage is easier than going through the process of dropping it. Exactly. It no, exactly. Marianne, thank you for taking the time to talk with me about traumatic incident reduction technique today. I appreciate your time. It's a great pleasure, and good luck with your book. I think that's going to be helping a lot of people. Anyone wanting to learn more about the TIR technique should check out the association's website at www.tir.org. Or to learn more about Marion, you can go to her website at www.marionvolkman.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, 
please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreaking Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.